Sup. Sup. <laughs> Should we start over? No. Okay. Before we get into this, I have a question for you guys. Uh-oh. Is when, it about superheroes? No, it's not. It's okay. it's about something kind of important that I feel like guys don't talk about enough. When oh, was the no. last time you got went to the doctor and like got a checkup? Um when I got in that oh. motorcycle accident a couple years back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they checked me over real good. Yeah, I bet they did. I don't know. I can't I can't even tell you the last time I went in just to be like, hey, I just need to get some maintenance done. Maintenance oh, I know. Are we those like guys? I, I don't even go to the doctor when there's something wrong, let alone just like <laughs> to make sure that nothing's wrong, you know? But lately I've been I've been feeling like I should because for the last couple of weeks, like any, I don't know if it's something new that I'm eating or something, but I've just had this like constant stomach ache for the last like two weeks. Um, I'm just like super gassy all the time. I'm just like always kind of uncomfortable. So it seems like something that you should go to the doctor for. Right. But I just have such a, such a disdain for going to the doctor. I've like never had a good experience going to the doctor and around here to get like to book an appointment. It's like six months before you can get in. Yeah. Especially so I, right then now. I'm always like, I might as well just not go. Right. Cause whatever's going to kill me is going to kill me before between <laughs> now and then. It's a positive way. Um, <laughs> Nick and I will just ask each other if <clears throat> I feel like we do this all the time. Like I'll be like, "Do you have a pain under your left rib right here?" And you'll be like, "Oh yeah, all oh, the yeah, time." Like, okay, we're once. good. <laughs> yeah. Like if we both have it, it must like be normal. Constant side ache. <laughs> yeah. Like when you used to get side aches as a kid, or when you go run and you haven't in a while. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel actually. So if you guys always have that pain in your under your rib, then I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah. go to the doctor. I mean, all I right. guess we're all going out at like forty. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, like I have insurance and so like the, the, the annual checkup is free for me and I still don't go. So it's like, I'm just, whatever I pay for insurance, I'm just wasting because I never use it. But I thought you were going to say you have insurance. So if you don't go to the doctor in like three years, then something life altering happens, you'll be able to afford it. Oh. <laughs> no. No, I just don't yeah, take advantage of it. I get that way too. Well, especially with uh, the dentist, you know, mm. it's one of those things where like your parents used to book the appointments and then right. you get to college. I think even when I was in college um, for a little while, my mom was kind of putting the appointments yeah. together and she'd be like, you want to go to the dentist when you get home? And you'd be like, I guess I should. And then once we got on our own um, and then what am I going to do? call my mom and ask her to call the dentist in Lincoln <laughs> right. or Omaha. So uh, I didn't go for a while. Dude, I haven't had my teeth cleaned for three years. So like, it's just, it's, it's so hard for me to like call and make an appointment just about anything. What you need to do is like do it the one time. And then every time you leave, just schedule an appointment for a year from then. Like yeah, while you're I there. Know, but I just, then I don't they even will do that. call you until right. you come. Yeah. They um, always call you I, back. Yeah. I, um, Hadn't been in a long time, and then I went and got my teeth cleaned. It had been like three years since I went and had my teeth cleaned, and it was excruciating. It wasn't like, um, my teeth hurt. It's been a while. It was like, uh, 
my eyes were watering. I was like clenching the chair. Mm. I was uh, in so much pain. And I was like, that's so weird. I've never had that much pain. And it was in like one spot. And she showed me my bib when I was done. And it looked like I got shot in the chest with a shotgun. <laughs> oh, <was> just... <laughs> did you, you lactated blood or did it come out of your mouth? Like what? <laughs> Came out of my mouth. Uh, Jesus. No, so uh, so long story short, they said, uh, everything looked good. You just need to clean your teeth better. And so I tried to floss and brush my teeth and mouthwash, and I felt like it was feeling better. But I had this pain on the side of my mouth still. So I tried to take care of it like all of my teeth were feeling better, actually. But um, we came back to play this show in our hometown. And uh, I went to the dentist here and uh, had my mom call the dentist <laughs> to make the appointment. And uh, so I went and uh, I sat down and like within the first three seconds of him having his little mirror in my mouth, he's like, hey, that tooth's coming out. <laughs> I was like, oh, are you serious? Yeah. So uh, then I was only in there for like 10 minutes, got some Novocaine in my gums and, mm. you know, he put his foot up on my chest and... <laughs> took a pair of pliers and yanked <laughs> the, it out. With a crowbar? Yeah, so if anybody, um, you know, nobody would notice it. Um, it's way back, but um, I still, it's like this fandom thing where um, I'll go to chew and uh, and uh, it'll just meet my gum and I'll be like, what the, uh, what yeah. was that? <laughs> yeah, but you, it was like cracked from the bottom to the top, right? So that's yeah, why you so, had all that pain for so long? Yes, uh, he showed me and he's like, I don't know how it made it this long, but... It was split all the way down the middle up to the root. Well, you, I remember you came back uh, to the house and, and you walk in the door and you tossed me this like little box and I was like, what the? And I caught it. <laughs> it's your tooth. And I was like, where were you this morning? <laughs> Did you get in a fight? The best part too is that since we were at mom's, I waited and uh, I got home and she's like, how'd it go? And I was like, oh man, it's so much better now. Yeah. And I was like, especially now that it's out and I just showed her and she was like, no. <laughs> what you should have done was kept it like in your pocket and then at dinner been like, oh man, like, and, like right. pretend yeah. like you pulled your, your tooth out. Like, I've uh, thought about and getting like a little, uh, a little porcelain one that I can do a little trick with like, oh, yeah. uh, does anybody else, uh, uh, just pull it out and just be like, uh, yeah. anyway. See, that's my problem with the doctor. Like, yeah. You can go to one and they tell you you're fine and then you come to find out your tooth is broken. And right. the other one is like, how did, how did this, how does this happen? Exactly. You know? Was I supposed to be mad? Right. You know, obviously like at the first dentist, the fracture was there. I thought it was going to die, but and yeah. then, uh, I went to a dentist and it was like a month later and, uh, he was like, it's cracked all the way down the middle. And I was like, wait. Well, I just remember, like, you never complain about anything ever. And this was the one thing you'd always say, like, every time we ate or something, you were just like, man, my tooth's killing me. And I'd be like, "What? what's his problem? And then come to find out, you you know, there's enough blood on your chest and a hole in your <laughs> head to prove that. I should also <laughs> preface this with, um, for like three years, basically since the last time I went to the dentist, I had some soreness there, but it was like if I ate ice cream or if like, uh, just like every once in a while, if like hot coffee passed over that tooth or something, um, mm. I would notice it, right? But so the moral of the story is, uh, 
if you feel like there is something wrong, um, no matter how small, and you have insurance, which in America is important, the five percent of us that stupid. have it, you um, <clears throat> you should just go check because yeah. um, it could be nothing. They might go find a hole in the side of your mouth, and uh, now I can whistle through the side <laughs> of my mouth like no one has ever. Maybe heard. you're better off now. Then you got a new talent. Honestly, a party um, trick. it's way better now. Even the pain I had before I got well, the yeah, tooth, you don't have a tooth bro was worse than it is. Now, yeah. So. <laughs> so you're saying I should go to the doctor, get my tummy checked out. Yeah, dude, you might have a worm or something. I'd probably drank some weird tap water at the gym or something. <laughs> Honestly, I that I wouldn't be surprised. I have like a tapeworm or something. Are you guys, do you like, if you stay at a hotel or something, say you get back from having some drinks or something, do you drink water from the tap? I usually yeah, do, no but water. I always kind of <laughs> accept that that might be my, my day, that the Lord calls me home. Hotel water sketches me out. But I, I still usually use it if I don't have if I don't have bottles in the room, you know. I just think it's funny the people that drink like a two liter of Coke and they're like, nah man, I never drink hotel water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you could just drink the fifty dollar water bottle that's sitting there with a the little tag on it, you know, that they charge to your room. Right. Taking a desperate attempt, you just resist it at all costs. Yeah. Like, we know you're going to come back here dehydrated yeah. and pop the cap off of that bad boy. <laughs> and now you owe us $5,000. It works every time. What I'd like to do is take those and replace it with tap water and then put the tag back on it. <laughs> Seal the tag. <laughs> uh, See yeah, if they notice. Press a new thing on. Hotels hate them for this one trick. All right. We're not going to talk about hotel water and doctors all day. <laughs> That's a great wanna, name for the episode. Uh, hotel yeah. water. I, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about something, some, some recent news that came out in the, uh, the tech sort of world. Um, did you guys hear anything about Elon Musk's new humanoid ro robots that he's building? From I you? think I saw a Tesla bot thing. Kidding. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Tesla yeah. bot, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> what is this Okay. Thing? For everyone who hasn't who hasn't heard about this, go look it up. It's pretty interesting. But um, Tesla and one of their new, um, you know, I think it was on AI Day that, that they have every year to talk about like their new self driving car technology and all, all this stuff that's coming out. They announced that they're building these legitimate like human looking robots, and the render of it seriously is like very humanoid. It's pretty pretty wild. Um, for the purpose of, you know, um, doing like factory work, you know, putting together their cars and, and doing mundane, boring labor tasks, basically. <clears throat> but during the presentation, he had to make sure to tell everybody that, um, it's a friendly robot, like on the, on the PowerPoint side, the word friendly shows up. Um, Interesting. He had to clarify that it's uh, you could outrun it, and he had to clarify that you could probably overpower it if necessary. Holy so cow! So like probably overpower. They I list all people these people love that though. They list all these metrics. So it's it's uh, five feet eight inches tall, weighs one hundred and twenty five pounds. Um, max walking speed is five miles an hour, and then it's supposed to be able to carry forty five pounds. Um, deadlift 150, 150 pounds from the floor and then 
like straight arm extend um, 10 pounds. So they're, they're building it to be pretty, you know, weak and, um, you know, you, you should be able to beat it up if necessary. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this because prior to now, like the idea of these AI humanoid robots has always kind of just been science fiction. Like there's always been the robots that like Boston Dynamics builds, those ones that can like do backflips and jump on and off, do parkour and crap, but they're like programmed to do all that. As far as I know, this is like the first humanoid style AI powered robot that should be able to like learn tasks on its own. Um, the thing I always see is that robot, it's like a gif of that robot where they'll push it and it will kind of stabilize yeah. itself. Um, I haven't really seen anything yeah. that, that looks like this, you know, and Elon Musk just like makes stuff look cool. You right. know, this doesn't look like one of those metal beam, uh, erector set robots. You know right. what I mean? It, it looks super elegant. Like if they can pull off this form factor, it's going to be wild. I, I'm not confident that they'll be able to pull this off mechanically, but um, if that's what it looks like, it'd be sick. But so what does the eliminate dangerous, repetitive, boring tasks mean? So that there's, they're saying that in the context of like labor jobs. So like at the factory, if there's something where, you know, you could potentially have fingers pinched or um, potentially be like crushed or throw out your back lifting something or something like this. Um, that's what they're planning on using it for. Um, so that's why, you know, it can deadlift 150 pounds so that, you know, your average person isn't going around and lifting that straight with their back, you know, with, with poor form or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, the primary use case for this, from what I understand is to use it in their own factories because they already use robots for a ton of other things, you know, like car factories for decades have been using those giant arm robots. So it's not like anything new there, but the fact that they would have these things just like walking around and doing tasks, um, with the end goal, he, he wants to be able to use these to like, if you need someone to go get your groceries, um, you could put it in your Tesla that drives itself to the to the grocery store, and then the robot gets out and goes and gets your groceries and just does all of that. Um, I think that's that's his end goal because it uses the same like AI system that the cars already have, so they're not like developing any real new technology for this, which is kind of wild that they already have something that they can just upload to a two legged robot. I don't know how close this would be to like consumers being able to buy them. Um, I, I mean, if that's probably their end goal, right? So that they definitely need to figure out like the security aspect, make it unhackable. But I know like people have tried probably to varying degrees of success to reprogram the car software to do certain things. And, um, it basically makes the car useless. Like it, it can tell when you're trying to break into it and then it will void your warranty. And then, um, like it, it basically becomes a giant paperweight as far as I know. Um, maybe people have gotten better at it, but that is a concern, right? Or like maybe an ex-Tesla ex programmer gets his hands on one and decides he has his own agenda and, and does, does something. So I think my take on this is, um, Tyler, before, before we started recording, you asked like, why would Elon be doing this now? Um, he is so obsessed with 
getting to Mars and like building a colony on Mars. I think it makes sense for something like this to beat us there so it can do like build the colony before we get there. So we're not like doing all that work ourselves. So I think that's, that's one thing, but also um, if anyone is going to make one of these self-aware robots a thing, I would rather it be Elon Musk than anyone else. Um, and the reason for that is he's gone on record multiple times um, expressing his concern for artificial intelligence being potentially harmful to humankind. Um, like he has said multiple times that um, by the time that we're writing, you know, legislation and regulations for all this, it's going to be too late. And he said um, he thinks that AI stands to stands to be a bigger threat to humanity than um, nuclear war or like any other, you know, self-inflicted thing that humans could could do. So I personally think that he's he's kicking this off in this sort of, you know, supposedly you're able to outrun it sort of form factor to get the ball rolling on people starting to write laws and regulations and stuff for this, because I think it's coming like artificial intelligence is already like the research is so deep. People are already implementing it in ways that like most people don't even understand or realize. And so I feel like it's going to take something like this where people see like on at scale, like basically an army of a hundred or a thousand of these things before they start to be like, maybe we should, Mm -hmm. Maybe you should think about this a little bit, you know? Yeah. Then it becomes a concern because you're, you're suddenly looking at it from a larger scale versus like a couple of these things run into the grocery store, you know? Right. I feel like to have someone who's publicly like nervous about the advent of AI being the, f the front runner of AI development makes me feel better than some guy that's just like obsessed with AI and like gung ho about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, with no agenda or something mission. about listening to the way Elon talks. Um, it just feels like everything he says is true. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the way he talks, but uh, he kind of like waits and thinks very logically about everything he's saying. And I think he's kind of a person that understands. There's a lot of weight in his words. Mm. So, like when he says that, I remember there was an interview. Um, that he said he was concerned. Yeah, um, that's really. I when I look at this thing, brother, I thought iRobot too. Uh, even just like reading the friendly thing gives me the vibe of like there's three laws. Uh, yeah, right. That's really <clears throat> weird, and that was set 2035. So here we go, boys. Well, and think yeah. about how it also eliminates jobs and. It could be right. it could be useful to do those minuscule jobs, yeah, where like you could lose a finger or they're just really repetitive tasks in a factory. But the more technology that replaces human beings, the less jobs become available. So then there's also that side of it too, where there could be like this huge rebellion about all these people who are now suddenly unemployed because of a robot that they just like you right. Know, start this this war between human and robot. I just like looking at yeah. this through a post-apocalyptic lens. But. No, I think I think that's a good point, and I think that that is the thing that most people are more concerned about. I think 
the average person is more concerned about losing a job than they are about a robot army taking over, yeah. right? Because one of those one of those things is a lot more near term, right? Or a lot more comprehensible than the second thing, right? Um, so yeah, that's where a lot of the pushback here is coming from. And Elon said in in the presentation that he gave about this that once something like this becomes really really mainstream. Um, the country is going to have to implement like a universal basic income program because mm -hmm. it, it's a hundred percent going to offset jobs. Like he, he are already, he's not trying to dress it up as if like, well, it's going to create all these jobs. Like it will create jobs, but it's going to create probably really skilled jobs. Like people that are right. pr programming and working on this at a high level. Um, not like a so cashier he, at a grocery store, which is valuable. But right. if you're a cashier, like it's still a job, but. It's something, but that, there's already like self checkout yeah, exactly. machines, you know? Yeah. So he's, I think that's another thing that he's trying to do is create technology that forces people in elected positions to sort of rethink things. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't want to get too political here, but I think it's kind of a dangerous position to be in when most of your elected officials don't even know how to use their phones, but they're expected to make laws about this sort of technology. He always kind of has like multiple motivations, I feel like, and that might be one of them. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's multifaceted. Like his his agenda is to create something that is to better people, like to better us as a society or to make life easier, but it also has consequences. Like everything always has a yin and a yang. So the the thing is, is that that would take away jobs. Well if something was created to offset that, like a universal income, like how do you apply that to everybody? And like, is there ways, uh, what are the loopholes? Like, would people take advantage of that? Uh, what if people are, you know, the people that have masters or like a PhD versus the people who don't even have a high school diploma, like would that change our school systems? Because Right. You get paid more if you have a higher degree. Essentially, you wouldn't even need that anymore if that was the case. Yeah. Then it could affect the money that's being funneled through all these universities across the states. Like, there's always something that's affected, like the ripple effect. Right. Yeah. I also wonder, though, like I, I try, for as cynical and negative-minded as I tend to be, I try to look for, like, the silver linings of things like this because I, I get so excited about technology and mm -hmm. kind of the idea of futurism in general, but you will, you're Iron Man. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. We decided last week. <laughs> I, I wonder, um, you know, flash forward, however many years it takes for all factories to be consisting of Tesla bots or whatever Amazon's shitty version of a Tesla bot turns out to be. Um, I wonder how that changes just the concept of work in general. Like we've talked a few times on this podcast about how there's something unnatural about being chained to a job for 40 hours a week or more, mm -hmm. you know? And so I wonder if it's possible to implement technology like this to free people of the burden of having to go work mm. these like grind jobs and being able to do other things. Like yeah. that gets into a, a whole kind of wormhole of like economy as a whole and just like the function of trading money for thing. Like the only reason people work is to, to afford to live on earth. But mm -hmm. 
if there's a way, you know, or to allow people to do things that they actually care about. Like, I wonder how many people work in factories or warehouses or whatever that, you know, if they are replaced by a robot, but then they're given a thousand dollars a month or $2,000 a month or whatever the universal basic income turns out to be, how many of those people become artists and musicians or things that are a lot more maybe in line with the human experience or like emotion and creation versus just like repeating tasks over and over again. Mm -hmm. The other thing I was thinking about was, you know, how are they overseen? Say these things are working for Amazon, you know? How are they overseen? Or I mean, who would oversee their day to day? Well, presumably no one would need to is kind of the goal. There'd be like, I mean, there'd, there'd be a team of people that are super smart, like software people, I would imagine that are kind of in charge of all this. Like, have you seen Westworld, the show yes. on no, HBO? No, you've been talking about oh, my have you seen it? It's God, crazy. Dude, I need to watch it. It's so good. But that's what this reminds me of is there's like, these robots that are living out these lives essentially. And there's this like core group of people that kind of oversee them Mm -hmm. and make sure that everything is operating smoothly. That's kind of how I foresee it unfolding. Yeah. It could be something where, where it's confined like that too. Like, I mean, it's what's the, the show and in the nutshell is basically like they create this AI world, right. That you can go like almost like a theme park where you go and you stay, you pay to be there. And, uh, you, like anything goes, there's basically like no rules within the park. Yeah. And then you can interact, but like everybody that's, that's there, uh, aside from like the guests, it's all robotics, but it's supposed to feel yeah. real. So right. that's an interesting way to look at it too. Cause I mean, we could even look at it from the entertainment aspect. Could these be created for us to like do something like that where maybe it's not so much functionality as it is created for like pleasure or something that would be used not for the benefit of like society, but just to like blow off steam, you know? Right. And then it becomes dangerous in that too. But right. Yeah. It's weird. I kind of think robots in general are weird because yeah, you, you know, like I kind of look at it like a human being creates a robot. And so the robot can't be smarter than the human being, right? Because if you create something, if you program something, it has to come from, from somewhere, it has to come from your mind. And it's like all these fantasy movies are about when robots like evolve past human, you know, right. intellectual uh, capacity and, and like take over. So in my mind, I'm thinking to myself like, oh, it'd probably be fine because robots aren't self-aware. But right, I I mean it's still a weird thing, and I also like the functionality of it. Like, how many times do I not want to run to the post office or the grocery store, and just be able to sit on my couch and like run an app on my phone and be like, you know, Yo Jarvis, run to the grocery store and grab me some milk and bread. Right. You know. Right. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, Domino's Pizza has a delivery car that's supposed to be robotic, I believe. So. See, that's the th- that, that's the thing. Like, there is. When, when you say artificial intelligence, like it actually is a lot more broad of a category than just what you think. Like, I mean, Tesla cars already use artificial intelligence to drive themselves, yeah. right? They make decisions on your behalf, which is 
kind of by definition AI, right? Mm-hmm. You would be shocked how many warehouses and fulfillment centers already have robots that go and pick things off of shelves and put them in boxes right. that are already replacing people running around and doing that. Um, That's just weird to me. Like, yeah, I mean, but I there, that it's normal, but. Yeah, there's there's multiple defined levels of artificial intelligence. Like there's three three stages of it basically, and the last stage is where, um, basically the robots are taking over the world and killing everybody else and, and all this. But like the first stage is something that already exists, and the second stage is like, um, you know what we're starting to unfold now, or instead of instead of things just purely making decisions within a set framework of rules, they're starting to learn um, mm-hmm. and adapt to new, new situations. And that's, that's like the scary part because that's when it becomes exponential. Exactly. Like when things are starting to learn and they're plugged into the internet and can learn faster than we can learn, you know? Right. So did he talk about his goals for these being that they would learn on their own and stuff like that? Um, I don't, I'm not sure if he got that far into it. Um, I think he's probably careful enough at this point to just say that he wants them to just be able to do certain tasks and not, see, not become a person. Yeah, with him, like bringing up the fact that they're friendly and stuff seems more, um, it seems different, you know, like if some unknown inventor came up and presented all of that, um, don't you feel like you would kind of be a little more uneasy? Yeah. You know, I don't want to put all my trust in Elon Musk, but you know what I mean? But he right. sent a car to the moon, so like, why not? <laughs> Just yeah, for fun. I mean, that's the thing about him. He does these cool things and he's trying to make as scientific and logical and intelligent as he is. He's doing like, he's doing like these fanciful things. Right. Like, you would dream of as when you were a kid, you know, and he probably has a kid, right? You know, he seems like a he young has, man. He has many kids, actually. Well, he's he's got the capital and he's almost like a technological pioneer, like an explorer, just trying things for the sake of trying it because nobody else has or nobody else will. And so it's kind of cool to look at it like that where he's innovative and he has ideas and he's actually putting those to use for the betterment of people. But mm. then it kind of crosses into the, like, should one man have that much power? You know, and then you you start to look at it from that angle where, well, how much should we trust him? And then at what point do we start to question the things he's doing? You know, Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think people should always have a healthy amount of skepticism of, Tyler, when you were saying like he has this way of just you, everything he says you think is true, like I feel like that could that's kind of a dangerous uh, personality trait to have. Um, so everyone should have a healthy amount of skepticism. I do generally feel like he has the well-being of like humankind in mind, but um, it also be it's also tough because I feel like um, a lot of people tend to just villainize anyone who's kind of these uber wealthy people, you know, like the hundred billion dollar mark, like people that have so much money, they literally will never be able to spend it no matter what they do. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just like have this built up hatred 
towards that category of people that I, I don't necessarily understand. So while I think it's interesting, well, while I think it's important to be skeptical and ask the questions, I always wonder if people, if people hate Elon's ideas just because he's one of these like super billionaires and they think everything he does is because he's trying to make more money. Um, it's also tough because like, like most super wealthy people, I don't know that the dude pays his taxes like the normal, like the rest of us do. So like, I don't know. I, I get hung up on stuff like that a lot. What do you guys think? Yeah. I also wonder too, how like these robots are going to relate to the Neuralink thing that we talked about in season one. Right. Like, Am I going to be sitting on my couch and just think, um, you know, will I just be thinking, hey, uh, Susie, or whatever my robot's name is. <laughs> Why would you pick Susie? It's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> Whenever I think robots, I always think that they need to have like these weird 50s uh, names, you know. I see. It's probably some weird, I don't know. Yeah, you're part part of the problem. That's very retro. patriarchal. <laughs> patriarchal. Yeah, <retro. laughs> Yeah, I wonder how that would interact too, you know, but I just had to bring that up. But when I think about what you were just saying about the, uh, if if someone came and invented it that we didn't know, we wouldn't even really be talking about it right now. Right. So uh, the fact that it's Elon talking about it is the reason we're talking about it. Dude, if it was just a, if it was just a startup everyone would be like, this isn't going to happen because something like that is such a a large undertaking. But when it's a dude that's worth a hundred billion dollars, like if anyone can do it, it's him. Like he's got an an infrastructure of people and owns multiple companies that do stuff in this realm, you know? So I think that's where it becomes like, oh shit, Elon Musk. Okay. Well then it's going to happen. You know, it might not be as soon as he says it's going to happen, but it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. That's the thing. What did he say about Neuralink? I can't remember what he said about or how long that was going to take. Um, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's a private company, so they don't really have um, any deadlines for products or anything. I I would have to um, double Wait, check. What do you mean uh, private company? They're different from him. It's not publicly traded like in the stock market. So he doesn't, he's not really obligated to shareholders to like give updates on it as often. Man, this guy is just crazy. I mean, they could be testing that right now. And we have no idea. There could be people walking around with, with a Neuralink, right? Well, they, they put it in pigs pretty recently hmm. and monkeys. Did, did we talk about the monkey the monkey video where he was playing uh-uh. um, a video game with no, the, with the so. thing in his brain? No way. Yeah, they. I thought we talked about it. Um, they basically wired this monkey up to the Neuralink thing. <laughs> And they used that to read his brain activity while he pl- the monkey played Pong, the video game. Wow. And so they were able to basically map <clears throat> all of the brain firings that happen when he's making decisions and moving the controller and all this to the point where they were able to use that input data or the, the data that they measured as input data to the AI program wow. to they unplugged his controller from the TV and plugged the Neuralink in as the controller. So the monkey was still like playing with the controller because to him, he didn't know any different, but it was just reading his brain activity Holy and make, playing the game based what? off his 
brain activity. That is unreal. Yeah. It will make dumb people smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they they've tested they've tested on pigs and uh, I guess monkeys probably that you could implant it implanted it in the brain the animal will survive and then in a second surgery they take it out and the animal will survive so it's like this thing that they can put in and take back out mm. granted like i don't know in a human you might be able to tell like maybe you can't speak anymore or something right like, yeah like what are the repercussions the pig might not have so any side forbes effects. did an article right here it was on it was yesterday it said Ebon's developing the robot or whatever, and then they said, if it's combined with Neuralink, it may have revolutionary healthcare applications. I mean, well, if I you're mean, going to healthcare and helping humans in the way other humans can't, this is all good, right? Yeah, I mean, think of all think of all the people in nursing homes or you know that need in-home care, and most of those tasks are just like, you know moving things from one room to another or, mm-hmm. you know, bringing you your medication or whatever. Like, I mean, again, that's replacing jobs of like nurses yeah. and attendants and stuff, but those are also jobs that are in high demand right now that are right. hard to fill. So right. that might be a good well, yeah, use case. Like but orderly jobs and stuff um, like that. I think those people are super stressed, you know, like working at nursing yeah. homes and stuff. So if these robots are like changing the bed, and, you know, like you said, bring in their meds and stuff and they don't get frustrated, short-tempered, you know, and they're mm. just, if if the lady in the room is calling for like another glass of milk, 30 minutes later, instead of the person that works there being like, oh my God, they just asked. And, you know, I can't, and the right. robot might just go get it. You know what I mean? Right. What happens to the human element, though? Like, do we lose the connectivity that we have with people? Like, if you have a waitress that's a robot instead of a waitress, after a long drive, how do you, like, would you, would we all feel even more solitary? Because think of the pandemic. Like, it it caused people to stay inside. We weren't able to be around people as much. Well, we try to find ways to connect. So we started to FaceTime more. We started to do Zoom Mm -hmm. meetings. We started to, like drive by grandma's house to wish her a happy birthday and stand, you know, out in the driveway and talk to her just to see another human being. So it's like, how would it affect us if all these robots were taking jobs that were essentially also feeding that part of us that requires that innate human interaction? Like then we could, yeah. like what would be the repercussions? That's kind of another way to look at it. I did think about your your server example because I was thinking about this. Um, I think I read the article like on Saturday and I decided that's what I wanted to talk about on the podcast. So I was just kind of thinking about it all weekend. And recently my Saturday routine routine has gone like this. I go to the gym in the morning and then I go um, to my girlfriend's restaurant that she works and I sit at the bar outside on the patio and talk to my favorite bartender for like basically all day. That's like who I hang out with on on Saturdays. Um, and I was thinking about that because the recently in my life that has served a very specific purpose to me of like, I don't really have the emotional bandwidth of hanging out with like friends or, or people that could be potentially draining to me, but there's something really pure about my relationship with these, these people in service industry that like they're friends of mine at this point, but 
having someone like another human that you can choose to talk to or not to, but just be in the presence of like, there is something kind of recharging about that. And I do think, I do think that could be detrimental if, if those sorts of like human interactions that maybe we take for granted are replaced by cold Mm -hmm. hardware. But I also wonder if like, so my, my girlfriend, she's the general manager of a restaurant, so she's not like serving tables or anything, but I wonder if, you know, she and I were in a position where we didn't have jobs anymore because robots did them all, but we still had somehow some way of like, you know, paying our bills or whatever the future version of that is. Would I care so much about the random interactions when I have more time to spend with people that I actually care about being around? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting because you're essentially eliminating your eight to 10 hour work day and you're able to free up that time where you're spending that with your family, your friends or people that you yeah. care about. So yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way too. Then maybe you're not, you're not so set on, you're not relying on those interactions as much to kind of like feel you through the day, you know, like the middle of the day when you break for lunch and you go get coffee or something and mm-hmm. a barista, like the simplest hello and just like have a great day could kind of just be a nice way to, to boost you through the afternoon versus like walking up to a robot and being like, Hey, uh, can I have a cold brew? And just like turns around and beeps a red light <laughs> and then like fills it up and hands it to you. Right. <laughs> right. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's been that for me, like even someone just passing by and being like, I like your shirt or whatever. And I, uh, mm. I don't know if, these robots are like the ones dishing out compliments. I don't know. I like your I mean, shirt. Yeah, like they're going like, to be wow, programmed thanks. to say things like that, right? Like they're going to yeah. say personal things. Maybe, I mean, I could see some old guy in a retirement home kind of, um, he could be very happy that this robot is in his room because it looks very sleek, you know. I'm not trying to be weird. Yeah. People are going right. to sexualize this, you know. Well, that's that's what Westworld is. I mean, right. in Westworld, the robots, you can't tell the difference between them and humans right. unless you like cut them open, you know. So there's that that whole thing too. But I don't know. I kind of wonder back to the healthcare example where you said that like you know, all the, all the nurses and stuff are so stressed out. Like my mom is a nurse. So I, I not firsthand, but I guess maybe second or third hand kind of know, um, how taxing that job can be on folks. And a lot of the things that she had issues with when she worked at the hospital, um, was like, just like, like you said, kind of having to check on the same patient every 10 minutes for the same thing, because they were like, out of their mind or, you know, like mm-hmm. a drug addict that was just trying to get his fix or, or whatever. And, you know, those healthcare jobs, despite being, you know, centered around keeping people alive and healthy, they're not all that healthy in and of themselves because you work these 12 hour shifts and you work for like four or five days or six days in a row before you have a break and, and all this. So I wonder how much more effective nurses could be if they were, doing like the important nursing jobs versus like being a waiter for someone, you know? Yeah. If there could be 
both yeah, of these true. in the same room, you know, like your mom and one of these robots. And the robot is doing the medical test, but say you have someone who's addicted to drugs in there and they want more drugs and they've been in there for like three days, right? If your mom could be there talking to them, trying to calm them down and stuff like that while the robot is doing, you know, because if your mom's trying to like change IVs, also trying to grasp or understand what this person is going through. And so she's also trying to comfort them, you know, you're going to make it through this, you know, and this is what's best for you. I mean, is a robot going to have that compassion for people, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I, th- I think there's a lot of things like that that could be augmented, right? You have, you have the actual person nurse who's like doing the human element, the bedside manner, you know, all these things. But you're, they're at the same time delegating some of the tasks to the, the assistant robot or whatever. So it could even create the ability for us to be more, more in touch with like the emotional part. Because right. if you're having a human being meet the emotional need while the robot's meeting like the physical need or, or like the, wow, that came out wrong. The robot's meeting <laughs> like the need, the yeah. basic need, you know, like you have this, this ability to not have to multitask as much and maybe focus more on like the human being side. And I've, yeah. that could be an interesting That's thing. That's the application too. that I think would be the coolest about this thing. I mean, I mean, it's interesting to think about robots working in a warehouse and doing that, you know, they kind of already do. They don't look that cool. Yeah. That job's already being right. done, you know? And I mean, I know that's probably what he showcased, but, you know, them being able to do those tasks and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't have robots in hospitals, like, handing medications and, like, changing IVs. Right. But Yeah, I mean, it all comes back to what you were saying, Jake. Like, it puts people out of work and all. Um so, like, you know, I don't know. When you were talking about the universal income thing, were you talking about, like, this could be a step towards that? I think, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, I'm not saying within, like, the real near future, because I don't even know what the timeline of full implementation of something like this, of the the robots are. But, yeah, I think absolutely if we get to a point where even... 2000 jobs have been displaced. Um, it's going to get people thinking cause that as a, as a company, um, you know, from a business standpoint, it makes so much more sense to have robots doing things and having people do them like mm-hmm. not trying to sound like anti-human or try to be a, a, a dick or anything. But like when you're running a business, you care about the amount of money that you're spending, Right. Um, profitability is really important. So if you don't have employees that you're like paying for insurance, you know, and like paying out 401ks and salaries and all this, like, yeah, you have to buy the robots and pay to maintain them and stuff. But I think if, if there's a model of this that could be widespread adopted, I think it's going to spread like wildfire. Like, I don't Mm. think, I don't think any of these distribution centers are going to think twice about staffing their their warehouse with robots instead of people like it may be inhuman or it may be like, um, you know, people might get their feelings hurt about 
hearing someone say that, but I really don't think anyone's going to like blink an eye on it. So I think something like a universal income is 100% going to happen because the fact of the matter is like, I can't stand when people say like, we'll just go back to school Mm -hmm. or like just learn how to code Mm -hmm. or something (laughs) like some of these, some of these people that work jobs like that are like 50, 60, you know, years old that really, it doesn't make sense for them to go do something like that. Right. So you have to be able to, you have to be able to make it so people can still survive. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we can, I don't think we can get people in a position where we just expect them to like adapt or die. Right. I I don't think that's the right, the right move, but I think there's going to have to be something because this is, it's coming. Like I a hundred percent think it could remove some error too. You know what I mean? When I was working at John Deere, the guys hated going out in the fields because they only had limited tools and stuff when they went out there. And, um, you know, they don't have like their hoists and stuff that they use in the shop. And I remember specifically this one mm-hmm. time this technician went out. I'm not sure what he was working on, but he was using a drill and he had to make a hole to add a bolt, uh, a nut and bolt or something like that. And he made the hole too big. Mm. For the bolt that he had. So I ran, I had to run a bigger bolt out to him. And he thought that bolt would be right, but it wasn't. Um, and we were Classic. all the way out in the middle of nowhere, like no cell service. He has to give yeah. me like turn by turn directions. And uh, like if they sent one of these robots out in like a self driving vehicle and it had coordinates. Mm-hmm. And it could just go right to the thing. And it knows, even if there's, I wonder if there'll be like a human element that is able to control them. Like remotely. So like if the human can get Mm. them lined up and say, okay, you know this task, you've been programmed to do this. And it knows exactly which size bolt and you know what kind of tools might be on board with them someday. Well, you could, right. You could even preload, like you could build a set of robots that are preloaded with, with the ability just to Those fix things, like farm right. machinery, like combines and tractors. Yeah. So they'd know all the specs, they'd have computer, you know, all the computer software that's built into like the new machinery. Now it would already know all that. It'd be equipped with the tools it would have everything that you could ever possibly need because it knows like the essentially knows the, uh, not the manuscript, but the manual to the, yeah to the machine and that would right. be something that didn't waste time and think of all the time that it took for both of you to do that and like the money that could have been i mean you're still getting paid but you're you're not doing like the job that you were supposed to be doing because you had to do yeah. something else and even then it wasn't even done so right i feel like that's the big biggest argument for this kind of thing is like mm-hmm. Obviously, it's scary at the prospect of having your job replaced. But I keep saying, like, if there's a a form of this where you can augment that experience, right, where you're sending the robot out to take the bolt out to the guy because you have something better you could be doing. Or even in in a non-work context, like, how many people, how many hours are spent every day mowing lawns or, you know, like, changing oil on cars and stuff like this that, like, if I could say, hey, robot, um, go do the dishes. Here's your chores list for today. You have to do the dishes, mm-hmm. um, but it's smart enough to be able to like know, see the dishes that are there and know mm-hmm. what to do. 
um, you have to mow the lawn and I also want you to change my oil. And then mm. that frees up all that time of your own to, you know, right. spend with your family. Or if you're like me, you'd probably spend it just like watching Netflix and being a lazy piece of crap. <laughs> but that's why I would not survive, you know, survival of the fittest. I would, <laughs> my arteries would get blocked up and I would die. So well, but things like that, you know, like freeing up, freeing up people's, um, just time to enjoy life, you know, and, and do other things. Like I keep thinking about those applications, but I don't know if those exist without actually displacing jobs and doing all this other potentially harmful stuff. Well, what if they replace musicians? Like what if you went to a show and it was like a robot on stage? You know, I don't know it's like an entire band. <laughs> made of yeah. Robots. I just don't know if that'll ever happen though. Like, that's not to say that a robot couldn't maybe write right. or create good music or something just based on what's popular. I mean, there is a kind of a formula to music, whether people yeah. want to admit it or not. There is a mathematical um, side for sure. Yeah. But there, like the emotional connection of like watching people play music, like mm -hmm. I would never go see a band of robots play. It just wouldn't be maybe the <laughs> one time just to see yeah. if robots could do it. Like I would do it once. <laughs> But other than that, like it just wouldn't scratch that itch. Yeah, for there's me, I don't videos think. Yeah. all over the internet of robot bands. So, um, so like we could be. Should that be our next bands. music video? Have you seen the? There's one of those really big contemporary worship bands that has a robot that plays drums, um, controlled by Ableton. What? It like, it sends MIDI to all these like remote servos and stuff, wow. and it plays plays drums. <laughs> That's I think wild. they call it they call it Steve three PO or something. <laughs> the drum part for those songs could be played by a robot. So <laughs> you shut your mouth. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, puts us past our our hour. I think. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Similar Vein Podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already hit us up on instagram at similar vein podcast and let us know what you think about the robots taking over the world are you scared are you here for it we'd love to hear your thoughts um until next week we will see you all later goodbye everyone <laughs>